Welcome to the Manager Tools Registered Members Podcast for the month of April, 2006. Hi, this is Michael Lozan, and welcome back to the Registered Members Podcast. This is the second of four shows giving a high-level overview of how to communicate with different behavioral styles at work, uh, part of the DISC model we've been discussing. Last month, we covered the D in DISC. Today, we cover the I, or influencer, in detail. Also notice that time of the month, so if you haven't voted for us at Podcast Sally, please go ahead and do so. It's a real simple way to express your appreciation for the work podcasters do, and Mark and I, as always, truly appreciate it. And there's a link on the Manager Tools website that makes it real simple. So with that, on with what I think you'll find to be another fun and informative show. Last time we talked about uh, high Ds, and yeah. and so let's, let's follow the same pattern we did last time. Let's talk okay. about how you spot them, then we'll talk about clues, verbal, okay. visual, vocal clues. Then we'll talk about how to communicate more effectively with high eyes, right. um, and specifically in general, and then in terms of delegating feedback, coaching, coaching and reporting. Right. Yeah, so. okay, good, good. So I, I got to tell you, we got some good feedback from the last one. I, I'm glad we chose this kind of more focused um, uh way of spotting them, if you will, giving people clues at work, like for instance, how, you know, things you'll see at work and then what to do when you're coaching a high D, it's different than coaching an II. When you're giving feedback to a high D, you can always give the same feedback, but as we talked about in that one podcast, if you can change the what happens based on the kind of profile a person has, you're going to get better results because you're going to be communicating more effectively to them. So I'm, I'm glad people like this, this uh, format this structure, and so we'll continue with it. Yeah, the only problem is they want they want to know all about the D's, I's, S's, the C's, and now, right, right, <laughs> right. now. And, and you know what? That's one of the things about manager tools. We do this once a week. We have a special podcast once a month. Um, we have many shows queued up, and the fact is, um, we want people to think about it, work with this stuff, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing them once a month. In this case, we want people to spend a month thinking about high eyes, looking for them. And as you learn D, I, S, and C, the more time you spend on each one, the more you'll remember it five years from now. So you won't need a refresher; it'll always be in the front of your mind. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all about uh, being effective with the knowledge versus just the knowledge itself. Yeah, knowing knowing. Well, in fact, I I just got a new book, Jeff Pfeffer's book, The Knowing Doing Gap. It's not enough to know; you got to do something with it. That's yeah. what we want. That's what Manager Tools is about, changing and that, behavior. And that takes practice. Yep. Good. Right. Okay. So eyes. What are some examples of some high eyes? Okay. Um, Willard Scott, the famous heavyset weatherman from the Today Show from many years ago. A great example. Muhammad Ali, outgoing, cheerful, you know, a little bit boastful at times. Bill Clinton, classic high eye. Uh, everybody who ever meets Bill Clinton says he's just an absolutely magnetic personality, totally focuses on the other person, friendly, great eye contact, those kind of things. Katie Couric, the, the bouncy, lively uh, co-host with Matt Lauer of The Day Show, is a classic high eye. Uh, they're energetic. They're outgoing. They're people persons. Um, they're, they're salespeople, um, fraternity presidents, sorority presidents. Um, uh, the club leaders uh, voted most likely to succeed, not because they had the highest grades, but because they were most well known and they played a couple of sports and and they were also they also did good in school. Um, they have the best Rolodexes of anybody. They know everybody. They're a connector in Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point. They're the people who they don't have necessarily expertise. They just know lots of people. They're the classic example of the six degrees of, of separation. The, you know, we talk about the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, um, but but actually that is originally uh, uh, predicated on a story that was or a, a study done in the 1960s with a group in Omaha and a group in, in Boston about how many people it would take a group in Omaha to get something to a, a, a neurosurgeon. I think it was a neurosurgeon. Um, or a psychiatrist in Boston, and it took on average five to six people in between the one person and the others. That's where the six degrees, the original discussion, the original starting point of the whole six degrees came from. So high eyes are the kind of people that if you ha- if you know a lot of high eyes, you only you're only going to have two degrees of separation because they know thousands of people as opposed to hundreds. I remember the one time you and I were talking, and I'm a high eye, and you said, "How many people do you have in your 
contact list and in, in, uh, in Outlook. And I said, I think 2,900. Yeah. <laughs> I think you had 11. <laughs> uh, 15 at yeah, least. 15. Okay, yeah, at least 15. <laughs> All my dark um, reports. <laughs> high eyes are the kind of people that think out loud. They're very comfortable. They want to see the facial expressions of other people when they think, hey, let me just think out loud here for a minute. Let me just, let's throw ideas up against the wall and see what sticks. They actually don't care as much about the ideas as they do about the half hour everybody spends <laughs> chatting, drinking coffee and eating donuts and talking about the ideas. They hate their desks. Um, they prefer to stroll around the office. They love talking to everybody. They like informal chats. Um, so if your boss is constantly chatting you up informally, but never sends email, never follows up and so on, good chance he or she might be a high I. Um, and even though other people, particularly high D's and, and even more so like high C's might see a high I as kind of avoiding work. You know, they, they sometimes high eyes get the, uh, the they get the, the nickname of Teflon um, because, gosh, he never seems to get into the big projects, and yet he always seems to do well. Well, it's because if you know a lot of people, you can either delegate to a lot of folks or you can have friends help you at various times and return the favor, obviously. Eyes are very good at giving favors and getting favors. Um, but, the, but it's very possible that instead of avoiding the work that you think they're avoiding, they're building coalitions, uh, they're seeking alliances with people, and they're delegating and definitely agreeing to help other people. They love your approval. They seek it. Um, you know, they're the ones that if they're if they're if they're making themselves look good in the bathroom in front of the in front of the mirror when they come out, the first thing they ask is, "How do I look?" And there's an old joke about high eyes that they're, they're famous for saying, "Well, enough about me. What do you think about me?" <laughs> um, they want to be friends with people whom they work. A high C doesn't necessarily want to be your friend. He wants you to be a professional and do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. And, and high C, you, and the high C is what we we have. High C is it conscientious. I'm sorry, good point. Yeah, high the high C's are the engineers and the accountants. They tend to be task focused and reserved. They tend to like correct, correctness, accuracy, um, uh, following a timeline. They like rules. They want a rule book, and, and they don't really like change. But they're very very good at at uh, marching to the to a, a steady beat and delivering things day in day okay. out like clockwork. And, and the I, I, you're I, saying the I was different. From the C in, in what regard? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the high I wants to be the friend of the high C, and the high C is kind of like, why, why do you want to be my friend? I don't get paid to be your friend. Just do the work. Yeah, and do it right. And no, high, okay. Yeah, and the high I says, well, why would I want to do work if I can hang out and be friends and get paid? <laughs> right? It's not bad. I mean, they, believe me, there are plenty of high eyes that are terribly, terribly successful, as much so as the high C's. They just have a different approach to work, and that's why we're doing this cast. Cool, so. cool. Okay, so so what are the, some of the the verbal clues that one would use right. to identify a things to look for in terms of the kinds of things that high eyes say? They love to tell stories. In fact, Monday morning, the first you know from seven a.m. or eight a.m. until eleven, the high eye loves saying, "Oh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you." Got their hands waving in front of them. I got to tell you, you're not going to believe what happened to me this weekend. Oh, you're not going to believe who I ran into. Oh, I was at the mall and or you know I went to a movie and I was in line and. And suddenly, I mean, you're 15 seconds into a conversation with them, but you're actually two minutes into their story because they're talking so fast because they're sharing an antidote with you. In fact, uh, eyes have a, a, an interesting habit that a C would absolutely, their head would explode if they tried to do. They, they don't actually tell you a fact. They don't try to prove anything. Somebody says something, they say, oh, I know that's true because I have one particular anecdote that proves it. And I often joke when I'm talking to my government clients about, you know, government by anecdote, that if you're trying to sell a program, what you do is you tell the story of the poor old lady who, if this program is taken away, is going to die. <laughs> well, that probably won't happen. But more importantly, the idea that one person out of 300 million should determine part of the federal budget is probably not the best way to govern, but it's a very emotional appeal. High eyes love those stories. Mm. High eyes w love to watch the news. Um, they love watching celebrity news, and they love hearing about what's going on, and any kind of tearjerker story, a high eye is just absolutely um, choked up. So okay. they, they love stories. They love telling anecdotes. Um, it's always a dead giveaway. Uh, you can, I can't wait to tell you. I can't wait to tell you. Oh, I, this will take a minute. Just bear with me. Long story short, oh, sorry, too late. <laughs> Those are classic high eye phrases. They're very comfortable sharing with you how they feel. If you go up to a high eye, even if you're a high C and say, hey, what do you think? They'll give you a, a minute and a half. They'll say, well, I think this is What do you think? And the high C goes, well, actually, I was just kind of wanting to know what you thought. And the high eye kind of feels ambushed. Very comfortable. And, and, and they don't expect, uh, most high eyes that I know, and I'm one, um, 
they, they know they're going to be wrong sometimes. It's not as if they need to be right. In fact, they're okay with you disagreeing with them because then they think, oh, good, we've got a five-minute discussion here to try to figure out how we can get to the same middle ground. And um, the D might be less less willing to be disagreed right. with. Right, exactly. And the C, if the high I asked the C, hey, what do you think? The C would say, I'm not prepared to tell you what I think. Give me a day to review it, and I'll tell you what I know and whether I agree and whether it's correct. I need a little bit more information. Yeah. And then when you give them every bit of information you possibly have, the C would say, with just a little bit more, I could have a higher degree of confidence. Right, right. 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 Um, okay. Um, so very, very open, very comfortable sharing how they feel. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry about this. In fact, they often use feeling, emotion words when they talk about work. I'm so sorry I'm late with this report. Uh, you know, gosh, I just feel terrible that I'm behind on this. And the high C kind of goes, I, I really, you know, bless your heart, but I don't care how you feel. I want the report. Um, they ask who questions. Uh, if you're getting ready to do some work, if I'm delegating to you and you're a high I, um, you're going to want to know if you can pick your team or you're going to want to know who else I have in mind or mm. you want to know who is going to be, who are you going to be presenting this to in three months? You're not going to want to know what the deliverables and deadlines and dates are. You're going to want to know who else is on my team. To Can focus more on the people versus the process Abs- or the totally, even the what. Totally focus on the people. Always asking who questions. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who's in charge? Who can I ask for help? Who else knows anything about this? Huh. Um, they see the world as people, and the work just happens to be attached to people. Um, very relaxed and informal speech patterns. Um, you know, generally vulgarity is not something that professionals do in the workplace, but if there are people who tend to use sort of quasi vulgarities or use a lot of idioms or, or, um, or slang like, like holy moly, or you gotta be kidding me, or, you know, geez, I cannot believe this. Whereas a high C might say, I disagree, or I think you're off on that one. Whereas the high I looks at the data and goes, what are you nuts? And the high C goes, I I have problems with this. They both mean the same thing, and they express it completely differently. That's why we talk about verbal cues. Um, lots of colloquialisms, uh, a lot of modern terms, things like "Yo, how's it going, man?" or "What's up?" I mean, you know, if you're what was a, that? What? Yeah, "What's up?" It, you know, if you're a VP and you say that, you are a high eye, <laughs> um, or an idiot. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, the VP of sales of multi-billion-dollar companies—that's how they talk. The VPs of advertising, brand managers at major corporations, that's how they talk. They use language of the people that they're going to be selling to or they're trying to motivate to buy their product. That's why I'm an engineer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, and they have your budget and you wish you did. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Darn. There it goes again. And, and you know, we, we should say, we're, this is the, the I podcast. We already did the D podcast. Um, because D's and I's both tend to be assertive, more forceful than S's and C's, um, uh, there are a lot more D's and I's in top levels of corporations than there are S's and C's. While there's a pretty equal distribution among the average American and, quite frankly, I'm sure average European, average, average Asian in terms of D, I, S, and C, not so at the top. It takes assertiveness. It takes boldness. It takes risks in order to get that high. I mean, I'm talking about C-level jobs at billion-dollar companies and so on. And so you see more D's and I's at the top. Not because they're better with people because D's are not any better with people than C's are, but rather because they're forceful and they're willing to take risks. The I's take risks based on the people that they have around and they build a great team. The D's take risks because they know they're right and they're willing to go through any obstacle to get it done. Hmm. So um, all the D's and I's, and the I's in particular are comfortable with making mistakes and are, and all, are at the top. And all the, all the others of us, the, the C's and S's, and the C's who are able to identify things that are wrong pretty right. easily are all at the bottom. No, it's, <laughs> it's not all at the bottom and all at the top. I would say... Probably uh, uh, percentage-wise, rather than it being 50-50 D's and I's and S's and C's at the top, it's more two-thirds, one-third. There are plenty of great CEOs. The best CEO I ever met was a high S. And he said, look, I'm very clear. I'm not comfortable with change, and I've surrounded myself with people who are great with change. I absolutely believe in this company. I believe it's my job to take care of the company and all the employees here. And I'm willing to make tough decisions, even though it's agonizing for me, and I have an ulcer, in order to keep my people happy. And it was one of the neatest cultures I've ever been in. It was just an incredible culture, great results, because his people would do anything for him. And he really felt like it's not about me. It's about the company. It's about the legacy. It's about the culture. It's about our history. A 150-year-old company. Okay. Um, How about um, use of names and? Oh gosh, you know, um, 
not only do high eyes know everybody's name within 100 yards of them in the cubicle farms that so many people work in, they know the names of their spouses, they know the names of their kids, they know the names of their dogs and their cats. Um, I mean, if you only have, if you don't have any kids and you have a cat, Muffy, the high eye comes up and says, how was your weekend? Chat for a minute. How's Muffy? And, and, and there are people, of course, with kids who don't tend to put the same weight on the cat that you have, Muffy. And so they don't remember your cat's name. The high eye knows you, cares about you, and so absolutely uses names of people and animals um, that are important to you. They love to go on tangents. They love to backtrack in conversations. And they say, well, I just got to take us on this little side road a minute. Just give me just a minute. I got to tell you this great story. And then we'll come right back. to it. Okay, Bob. Okay, Jack. Are you okay with that? Good. Okay, let me go. And, and you're like, hey, you know, we don't have a lot of time. I know we don't have a lot of time. But when I get to the end of the story, I guarantee you'll know it'll be worth it. And they get done. And maybe they, maybe they kind of threw an air ball. And they go, oh, I'm so sorry. But you'll forgive me, won't you? <laughs> right? And they smile and chuckle. And they're okay with it. Time is a very loose concept for high highs. Hmm. It's all about FaceTime with people. Okay. okay. All right. So, okay. So how about uh, anything else on the verbal clues? I think we we no, covered I think it. Most yeah. of it. Okay. How about how about vocal clues, inflections, those kind of things? Yeah. I I would I would say you're a high D. You're much, much you're a very high D. I'm a high D and a high I. I think if people compare my vocal style on the cast with yours, now admittedly I talk more in these, they'll right. see, uh, th- they would say, Mark's more of a high eye and, and Mike's more Mike's boring. More, more, <laughs> Mike's more important, exactly. Right. Boring, boring was no, the word. Bo- oh, is that what you said? That was the word I was using. No. Uh, and, and today, you know what's funny about that? You say boring, a high eye might actually say, you know, D's would do a lot better if they had some more inflection in their voice. And, and you know what? Psychologists, uh, um, social scientists, people who study organizations, inflection works. If you're a high D out there and you think you, it's okay that you're just smarter and tougher and you can get further along and you, you, you don't really care about having a little sing-song in your voice or making it sound like you're marketing or you think it sounds too valley girlish or too, too uh, college age, the fact is social scientists and psychologists say no. People like inflection. It helps them add more value to what you're telling them. Even if they get the wrong value sometimes, people want to know that you're working hard to communicate with them. So lots of inflection from high highs. They, they go up high. They go down low. They pause. They're dramatic. They feel like they're actors. And that's where the old joke is that high highs and actors often say, enough about me. What do you think about me? They tend to vary their pitch and pace. Um, they tend to talk louder and faster. I'm sure people have heard that. In fact, I think we've gotten a couple of posts in the discussion forums about how fast I talk. We got one. I think we got one from Europe, right? Uh, you did, uh, yeah. Right. Somebody saying, you know, I mean, you don't know speak, speak English. English at two thousand words a minute. You yeah. might want to. Start and you know what? Well, we we try. And I I admit I've been speaking this way for forty years, and so it's hard to relearn that. But we try to slow down every once in a while, and and then I pick back up again. They like to talk loud. High eyes like to talk loud. They like to talk fast. They like to be like an actor. Lots of exclamation points. Oh, I got to tell you. And, and they're willing to run right over when somebody else is talking. A high I says, stop talking while I'm interrupting. A high D does that too, but a high I does it with a smile on their face as if to say what they're going to share with you will change your life. So um, how many people do you think are going to go through life like thinking about discs? They're going to love the fact that they learned this. It's a great right. tool. And when it comes to eyes, they're, gonna, they're not going to think about Willard Scott or Katie Cork. They're going to think about Mark Horstman. Oh, oh, no, no. Well, I, I hope not. I hope they'll think about someone else uh, besides me, somebody that they, they know. Although I, I will say I had a group once, and I was doing a disc uh, facilitation for them, and I, we hadn't revealed our styles yet. And all of a sudden, somebody in the back of the room, there's 40 or 50 people in the room, somebody stands up, points a finger at me. And you could tell they were kind of incensed. They didn't really like the idea that their boss was making them talk about communication. They pointed right at me and says, I knew I didn't like you. You're a high I, and I bet I'm a high C, and we're opposites. I knew I didn't like you. And then he sat back down. <laughs> so I felt kind of bad about it. He was that. a high D there for a second. Yeah, he was. Um, and they laugh out loud. You just a minute ago, you just like yeah, you do that quite a bit. You, you laugh out loud. And, and I have friends who like actually, to hear yourself. They, they, I mean, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I have friends who say, "You not only laugh out loud, you laugh loudly." Her eyes are very comfortable laughing, and, and and we almost want to say, "Gosh, you know, how could laughter be a bad thing?" I was in a meeting this morning with a client, and uh, the person I was presenting with, the client had a part of it, and I had a part of it. He says, "How do you feel about putting a couple of slides for humor in there?" We were talking about strategy, and. and 
immediately me and this other guy who were part of the group said, yeah, absolutely. Now, the guy I was presenting was not a high eye. And so he just kind of threw the slides up there and expect people to read them. And it kind of, he didn't get a, a good response. And he says, I'm never doing that again. I said, no, I, I, in fact, later use a different slide and tell the joke on the slide so people don't have to read it. And then they got it and they all laugh. He says, gosh, I guess humor kind of does work. And I was hoping for a big, I, I laughed out loud because I just thought it was funny. And I think there more humor in the workplace wouldn't hurt. Um, the cubicles kind of suck the life out of people in a lot of yeah. cases. Anyway. Okay. Now, now eyes also tend to interrupt people. Now, you don't, because I suspect maybe because you've you worked oh. at it, just based upon what you do oh. for a living. I feel like I'm biting my tongue 5,000 times a day. Two reasons for that, though, Mike. I've always thought of myself as, particularly in my consulting work, where people expect me to be smart about what I'm consulting on. I know the answer. In fact, I'm a high D, too. So there's a part of me that just <laughs> says, well, you just shut up so I can tell you what you need to know. But, but what's that line that people, in fact, what was that line that was mentioned earlier tonight? We were in a meeting and it was something along, oh, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. So if you're constantly interrupting, you, uh, interrupting them, they don't feel that you care about them. And so they, you, you lose credibility in terms of, in terms of uh, persuading them to change their behavior, which is, of course, what I, what I do in, in my consulting practice. Um, but yes, I, I am constantly catching myself. Even when you and I are talking and I'm very comfortable being myself, I find myself going, oh, no, wait, let him finish, let him finish, let him finish. And we've talked, I think we talked before in a podcast about the one breath rule. When they're done talking, take a breath particularly for S's and C's, and I's don't do that. They interrupt, and the S and C tends to withdraw more. And interestingly enough, what does an I do? Think about this for a moment, Mike. When an S and C starts withdrawing because the I naturally starts interrupting, he doesn't not mean to be rude. She doesn't mean to be stepping on people at all. She's just engaging in a clever, oh, interesting, just gonna, exciting dialogue. Yeah, right? to jump in and fill They're the just, void. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. They're going to, right, exactly. And the S and C continues to step back. And at the end of the conversation, a high eye who is not as attuned to other people as perhaps they could be. They're thinking about emoting. They're thinking about persuading and being energetic, kind of a classic salesperson mentality, although sales is obviously a lot more than just that, uh, particularly in large corporations today in the kind of high-tech world we live in. Um, uh, What ends up happening is the eye doesn't even realize it. And the eye comes away from the conversation going, that was great. And the S and C just feel like that was awful. Yeah, they just walked all over. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they felt like they were treated poorly, um, and and they felt like that they had to do that in order just to save the conversation. Otherwise, it would have been total conflict if they'd have been interrupting back. They would never want to do that. Hmm. And so, oftentimes, a, a really forceful high eye boss, if they have S's and C's working for them and they don't learn to bite their tongue, it's challenging. You cutting way down a communication really fast. Cool. Okay. okay. Anything else from vocal? That's, no, that's pretty complete, yeah, I think. Yeah. Okay, how about, how about visual? What are the kind of visual things you can look at? That- yeah, um, firm handshake. You know, and, and in fact, lots of handshakes. The eye shakes your hand when you come up to her, and then when you leave, 30 seconds later, hey, good morning, shake the hand, and then, hey, have a good day, pat you on the shoulder and shake your hand as you're walking off. Eyes love shaking hands. They're classic political, you know, running for office. A lot of touching. Absolutely. Absolutely comfortable. Which can make some people very uncomfortable. They they would hug. I mean, for a friend, they'll hug. uh, They'll they'll clap you on the shoulder. They'll do the double-handed handshake, which is usually professionally a big no-no. Or, uh, you know, if they're walking by you, they'll they'll just kind of bump you with their arm or they'll tap you lightly on the shoulder or whatever. And and in some cases, that's that's, uh, makes people uncomfortable. It's inappropriate. A lot of facial expressions. You know, they're, they're not clownish, but they're, they're very willing to raise their eyebrows and big smiles and tilt their head one way or another and, and uh, close one eye and pretend to be a pirate when they're making a strong point. I mean, they'll absolutely, um, if you've ever been in theater uh, and you've seen somebody made up behind the scenes, uh, theater makeup is really garish. Um, the, the rouge is really red. If you're going to be on stage, your cheeks look like a clown's cheeks when you're backstage in normal lighting. When you go on stage, the lights are so bright, everything gets washed out and it looks kind of normal. But behind the scenes, it's really overdone. It makes you almost uncomfortable seeing people behind the scenes. Even in, even in professional stage productions, the makeup in normal lighting is really kind of overdone right right. same thing with high eyes in terms of their facial expressions if you're not a high eye and you're talking to one you're like 
what's wrong with their face? It's moving all the time, <laughs> right? They're shaking it back and forth and they, um, they're constantly having to swallow their saliva because they're so energetic and they get really excited and they put their hands in front of their face and they're spitting. They're so, you know, absolutely, that's a high eye. Lots of smiling. Eyebrows going up and down. If they can raise one eyebrow and then the other eyebrow, they will. Um, uh, they, um, they love to dress modern and a little bit flashy, a lot of bright colors. Very comfortable wearing uh, white in the wintertime. Uh, very comfortable wearing bright pink and green and so on, even in the dead of winter. Um, a lot of coordinated colors. Uh, a lot of the latest fashions. High eyes tend to love you know, fashion, paying attention to what the stars are wearing and buying the latest brands and so on. Um, high eyes like to be looked at. And in our culture, brand association, high-end brands or something, or some way that, or ways that'll get you noticed. And so if you see somebody in the office who, who tends to associate that way, um, th- that's a clue maybe that they're a high A Rolex, eye. for example. Yeah, potentially. Although it tends to be with high eyes, actually a D will also wear a Rolex because it's a great watch and it tells really good time. Um, high eyes would tend to be something, that would t- a Rolex would certainly be true of a high eye, but it would also be something you could tell from 20 feet away. It would be something that would catch your eye. It might be a black overcoat in the wintertime and a bright red scarf or a red mm. beret or um, a, a, a guy might have on khakis and a pair of uh, um, um, loafers and a white shirt and then a red leather jacket or an orange baseball cap. Um, or, might, or flip-flops in the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that might be true. I have my famous flip-flops on right now. Um, uh, so modern, contemporary, label-driven kind of stuff. Um, very spontaneous. Um, very comfortable throwing out ideas. Eyes love brainstorming sessions. They don't care whether anything actually gets done. They just want, hey, let's throw some ideas up and see what sticks. Woo, that'd be great. Gosh, wasn't that fun? And the C's back there going, okay, let's rank order them. Let's pick the top three. Let's assign tasks. And let's come back in three days and, and see what we've done. And the eye's like, yeah, whatever. Who wants coffee? <laughs> okay. Um, big gestures. You know, I think we've said before, hopefully we've shared before about the idea of gestures. Very few people don't gesture, but people who tend to gesture very little tend to gesture inside the line of their shoulders, below their neck, and above their waist. High eyes will gesture outside the line of their shoulders, above their neck, below their waist, all over the place. They'll wave their arms like windmills. They'll reach out and push you to make a point. Um, they'll run around in circles to, to, to show what their dog did before it goes to bed. I mean, just anything. They'll pantomime, they'll role play, they'll play act, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, they love gesturing. Okay. So Good. I think we've covered, people yeah, have a pretty good idea. I'm sure they can name four or five High eye folks in there. We're not going to tell them that we just showed a video of myself to you and I, and I just pictured what I was doing in the video. So, okay, so, how, so how do we, once we've identified somebody as a how do we communicate to them differently than we would, for example, a high ID to be more effective? You know, this is one, this is, uh, this will always be one of my favorite podcasts, all, all these four that we're doing in specials this year, uh, in, in part because, um, it's, it's good to know your own style, but the real value of the DISC model and so many other behavioral models is not that you know where you are, but that you can change your behavior in order to be effective. It, the fact that I know my own style is interesting. It's self-referential, though. But when I know your style and I can modify my behavior slightly to be better with you, that's really the gift of this thing. This is about effectiveness. It's not about self-knowledge. Again, that's the difference between the knowing and the doing, right? We're not interested in just knowing. We've got to share that with you so you do know the theory, you understand it. But it's the doing that's important. So we just just met with somebody today who's probably put moderately high D, probably high C. Yes. And you caught yourself. I did. In terms of you, I did. You were were gesturing outside the box. I was in a sales mode a little bit. And and, and then you saw me bring my arms back to the table and, and, uh, and lower my voice and go, go even keel and put my eyes at his level and so on. I think it made a difference in the conversation. It did. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And he noticed it. He noticed it. He he raised his eyes. He was like, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't consciously, although there have been times in the past where in order to make a point about teaching or persuading somebody about how to interact, if we're talking about communication skills, I will intentionally show a natural side of me that may not be their side and then change and have them realize I mean, and point out, I just made a big difference. And if you feel better... That's exactly what good communication you're tuned, you saw you, you saw him start to lean back in his chair oh. away from you, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, okay, oh, okay, I'm losing this guy. Yeah, and it wasn't, I'm not a bad guy. I didn't mean anything other than the best intentions, and I d- wasn't getting good results. 
So I changed my behavior because it's not about being tied to your own behavior. We've talked about this before. It's not about your behavior. It's about the results you get. So if I want good results, I'm willing to change my behavior. My behavior, I mean, there are times when I can be forceful. There are times I can be quiet. There are times I can be reflective. When I go to church, I'm not the way I am on these podcasts. Oh, you're not waving I'm, your hands? Out no, saying. I tend to be pretty quiet and reflective and ask forgiveness and prayer prayer for my family and friends and so on and and, uh, and for members and listeners. And you so might on. be more comfortable like in a Southern Baptist church. That's there probably... we go. A little bit of singing. That'd be good. That'd be good. Okay. okay. So so what do we do? How, how do we communicate more effectively with high eyes? Well, first of all, you want to approach them uh, informally. If you come in, if you walk over to their cube and you drop 50 pages of notes on their desk and say, look, I'd like you to read this and get back to me, their eyes will roll over. I mean, their eyes will roll up in their head and be like, sure. Yeah. Whatever. As soon as you're gone, they'll open a drawer, they'll slide in the drawer, they'll close the drawer, and three days later when they open the drawer, it'll magically be gone. Um, if, you, if you say to them, hey, listen, I need to talk to you about an upcoming project, I'd like to get in your calendar for half an hour, here's an agenda, they'll almost choke. Like, oh, can't we just sort of sit around and shoot the stuff about that? So approach them informally. Hey, can we chat a bit? A high C may not be comfortable with that, but if you need to partner with a high I, if you've got a customer who's a high I, you can, you can absolutely cruise by their cube and say, hey, you got a second? I got a quick question for you. In fact, you could do that seven times in a day. And the high C is probably going, why would I want to cruise by somebody's cube seven times in a day? If you're working with a high I and you want seven different questions answered, that's exactly the way to do it. Now, the high C, the high C is saying, no, let's schedule a meeting. I'll send you an agenda. I'll list the seven questions. I want you to think about them in advance. You can give me the answers, and we'll go through the agenda, and we'll probably finish early. And the high I gets the agenda and goes, this guy's nuts. And what's more, I'm the customer. I had. Well, I'm not, I'm not a high I, but there was a high I that I worked with one of my peers at, mm-hmm. at, uh, at work. And every time he'd come down the hall, he just he just he just feel perfectly right, free just to stop by and right, run in my office right. and take two hours of my time to talk about the gr- the next greatest idea we were going to make ten million dollars yeah. that quarter or whatever. And literally, if I saw him coming down the hall, I'd shut my door and I'd hide behind <laughs> my office. You're not talking about me, I hope. No, no. no. I'll tell you something else. I I, I, I had a, a brief session today with a, with a client. Um, at the end of this long strategy meeting, he said, "Hey, you want to go have a beer?" I said, "Sure." When a client says that, it's like, "Yeah, okay, I'm paying attention." And um, and I said, hey, can I give you some feedback? I said, when you when when I saw you the night before getting ready for this strategy brief, I was there for like five hours preparing decks with, with my co-presenters. Um, uh, I said, you know, I saw you and you were really busy. And I just poked my head in and said, hey, how's it going? And you looked up, looked right at me, said, hey, and looked right back down, which for you was a greeting and you were fine and you were busy. But for me, I'd send a message is, do we have a problem? You didn't smile. I've known him for years. He knows me. We think very highly of one another. We worked closely before. I've coached him before. And he didn't smile. He, he was busy. And I respect the fact that he was busy. But in the back of my mind, I had a question mark. Hmm. Whereas a high eye, if he'd have seen me, if the roles were reversed and this guy had come in and said, hey, Mark, how's it going? I looked at him and said, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Come on in. Even if I'm 20 minutes behind on what I'm already doing, hmm. I want him to come in and sit down. Okay. Um, high eyes love to be praised. Publicly. Yeah, or, or, or privately. Or private. You know, you look nice today. Um, I, I, I freely admit it. If I know somebody's an I, in the first couple of minutes that we're talking, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, you look nice today. Uh, not if they've been working in the yard and they're sweaty and their hair's all messed up and so on. But, but if I can find a way to do that, I'm going to do that. Or, you know, I, I sure enjoy being your friend. Or thanks a lot for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Saying thank you, showing them that you appreciate what they've done. Um, complimenting them on something or, you know, you're such a great storyteller. They love that. Now, if you do that to a high D, you're sucking up. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not appropriate. Yeah, right? good distinction. Yeah. Um, relax. Don't be afraid to, say, to start off with talking about the weekend. To literally say to yourself, I'm going to go talk to a high I. I'm going to go over and say, hey, how was your weekend? And they're going to give you five minutes worth of everything they did and the stores they went to. It reminds me of that line in... in um, What's the movie? An old school where, where Will Ferrell is asked. He's, he's at a college party. And uh, they say, uh, hey, uh, have a beer with us. He's like, no, no, I've got a big day tomorrow. I've got to go to Home Depot. <laughs> right? The high eye says, well, I went to Home Depot. And then I went to Best Buy. And we went to the mall. And I went to Starbucks. Got a latte. And you're like, what do I care about? Every single thing you did. But the high eye wants to share and expects you to share the same thing. Um, so if you go over and say, hey, how was your weekend? Expect them to talk for a minute. And then say, and how was your weekend? And expect to, be, if you want to get something from them, 
You got to be willing to answer that question and then say, oh, hey, by the way, where are you on Project X? And they'll say, oh, I'm here. This is da 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 Whereas if you just walk into their office and say, can you give me a quick update on Project X? They'll kind of look and go, well, you know, who, who messed up your breakfast this morning that you can't even say hello? They'll probably even say, and hello to you too. How was your weekend? They'll actually assert the fact that we're going to talk about my weekend before we mm. talk about your work. So mix the work in with the weekend, mix the work in with the family, ask them how they feel rather than saying, what do you think, which is what you would say to a high C or, or to a high D you would say, what would be your recommendation or to a high S you say, how do you think this will play to a high I you say, how do you feel about this? High eyes are very comfortable sharing their feelings. So listen to that again. And we're going to come back to this D I S and C you want their opinion about something for a D you say, what would you recommend? For an I, you say, how do you feel about this? For an S, you'd say, how do you think this will play? What feedback are we going to get from other people? And from a high C, what's your opinion? Or what do you think? Or mm. what do these facts lead you to believe? See the difference? Yeah, All absolutely. subtle. But boy, I mean, asking a high C, how do you feel? Reminds me of that line in the Star Trek movie where somebody asked Spock, how do you feel? He says, this is an irrelevant question. I'm a Vulcan. You know, I, I, I don't have any good answer. By the end of the movie, after he's gone through this big experience with his human friends, his father says, I'm leaving now. And Spock says to him, he's, his father says, I'm leaving to go back to Vulcan. And his, he says, do you have any messages for your mother? And, and uh, he says, yes, tell her I'm fine because his mother's human. Um, if, if you, for a high eye to talk about how they feel, that's really the mix they want to be in. And if you're not a high eye, that's fine. All types are necessary. A good team has all this mix. But if you always ask people, what do they think? You're missing out on, the subtleties of communicating right. with the other group. Three quarters of people. Yeah, are, exactly. Got it wrong. Three quarters are going to be wrong. Um, um, don't want to. You don't want to drop a whole bunch of details on their desk initially. Hey, listen, I've got five questions real quick. I need to run through. That's going to immediately cause an eye to start vibrating. Um, they love public recognition. You know, if you and I both are on a project, Mike, you may not need to get in front of the the group. And actually, I'm a high D. I really don't need to get in front of the group. I want to get promoted. <laughs> um, but a high eye would say, I mean, if you say, hey, I'd like to recognize Mike, and if you're the high eye, you're going to stand up in front of the team, just like you're, you're going to make a situation where the spotlight's going to be on you. A high S would say, if I said to a high S, hey, I want you to come up to the front of the group and get an award. They'd bring the say, whole team up with no, them. <laughs> no, they'd say, no, 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 please, please, please thank the team. And the high C would say, no, thanks. You know, just the fact that you know. Write me a, write me up a memo and put it in my file and review it for me. And give me a raise. And, and give me a raise. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, a little bit of humor with high eyes works. Um, and they love enthusiasm. Um, they, they will absolutely judge your, uh, uh, your focus, your abilities based on the energy you bring to particular projects. So if you come over and you're pretty low key because you're thinking pretty intently about this, they're going to think this is not interesting. This is not exciting. I don't want to be involved. So you have to step it up a notch in terms of energy and enthusiasm if you're a D or S or a C in terms of working with high eyes. And now, what do we know about two high eyes talking to one another? What do we tell one high eye about talking to another high eye? Do they need to think? I'd no. probably get along just fine. They, right? Just fine. Don't even worry about it. If I know I'm an eye and I know you're an eye, I'm just going to be myself and it's going to flow. Those people that you click with naturally at work are the people with the same profile as you. And you don't have to think twice. And that's nice for 25% of the people, but only... 25% roughly. Okay. Delegating. What about for delegating? So now uh, um, we're talking about Mike delegating to Mark. So Mike's the high D. Mark is a high I. Um, if Mike's going to delegate to Mark, you don't want to come in and again, drop 50 pages on my desk. You might want to say, hey, stop by later. I want to give you a little heads up about a project that's coming down. Just give you a whiff of it. And I'll be like, cool, let's talk about it. And you let me brainstorm with you for a minute. Um, don't give me the details early on. Don't tell me, here's two pages. I want you to read through this. Come back to me with a project plan. Don't worry. Not going to work. Um, you want to get me involved early so you can spread out a little bit of the briefing process. You don't want to hand it to me at the last minute unless you know that I, unless you tell me I can go talk to anybody I want and get anybody to leverage as many people as I need to. Um, you want to stay away from specific step-by-step -step instructions. Um, you probably want to help them prioritize. 
But here's something that's absolutely reasonable for a high eye. They tend to let deadlines slip. They're not as, as tight on time as, as D's and C's tend to be. And so absolutely reasonable for you to say, you know, I'm not going to give you any specific guidance about how to do this. I trust that you're going to come up with good solution. And they may do it very, you know, you're going to see me do it very different than you. You're going to say, hey, I need you to do X. And I'll pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, I'll, I'll call my buddy who does this for a living and say, hey, can you do this for me in 15 minutes? And I'll, I'll look at you and I'll say, hey, I got it done. It's done. So just send it to this guy. He'll do it for me. You know, he owes me a favor. And you'll be like, what? <laughs> I, do you want results or do you want me to do something? I don't really care about doing anything. I just want to achieve results. Um, so so uh, what you can do, though, is say, I really need an update from you next Tuesday. And you should expect that I won't love that, but that's absolutely reasonable to make sure that the project doesn't slip. If you don't check on high eyes on a 10-week project, you're going to get nine weeks of green followed by one week of red. Hmm. Yeah. A C will will a C will write you a two page report in triplicate and put it on your desk twenty four hours before his weekly deadline and say please feel free to read this document in advance and ask me any questions. And I won't do that. And I would say, yeah, we're good to go, boss. How are we doing on that? We're fine. We're good. No problem. So they may want to ask a few more specific questions yeah. about the status. Not, not how are you doing on a project, but are you on track to meet the deadline? Have you achieved every deliverable that whose deadline is passed? You may those want to are, look at the deliverable. That's exactly right. And you may want you'll get you want yes or no answers on those. That's absolutely reasonable to do. It may not be what the high likes, but you've got a project to finish or a result to what's achieve. A, what's the issue with prioritization? Why do they need help with that? Uh, because they see the world as about people and not about tasks. Okay. So so the tasks are like, well, okay. I, I mean, I look at a task list. In fact, I, I, one of the ways I tell high, it's a little bit of a parlor trick, and so I apologize for it, but I'll look at a to-do list for an executive, not having spent a whole lot of time with him, if he uses a task list in, in Outlook or if they have a, a Franklin Covey plan or whatever. And if about a third to a half of the tasks have someone else's name in it, right. they're a high eye. Meet with somebody, call Meet with somebody. Bob. Call Bob about this. Um, talk to Joe. Um, um, meet with team about thus and such. Whereas, whereas you don't, you, that's not what you put down. Right, right. You put down, um, uh, figure out financing or, you know, arrange bridge loan right, right. or whatever. Capital you restructuring. Have, yeah, yeah, capital right. restructuring. I have, call the banker. <laughs> right, 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 right. So it's a, it's a that's a good know, point. Yeah. The yeah. task, the task before the, the people part of yeah. it. Yeah. So, so the prioritization plus, look, if I'm going to get to your level, I need to learn some of the things that got you to where you are. The world is not just people, despite what eyes might think. And so we want to give them some perspective about sometimes tasks don't have anything to do with anybody else but you sitting at your desk actually doing real work. And so giving them some prioritization about that. If they don't, you know, if they don't get it right away or if they start spin their wheels a little bit, you can make some suggestions for them. Okay. Good. Okay. How about, um, how about giving them feedback? Ah, okay. When, when you get to step three, here's what happens. Okay. May I give you some feedback? Sure. Go ahead, Mark. Mike, um, hey, Mark, when you do this, here's what happens. The, here's what happens. The, the positive or negative feedback, affirming or adjusting feedback, should be about their activities' effect on their own popularity and prestige and how it affects how other people see me, like me, think about me, about what my network thinks, about what my boss thinks, about what the organization will think, about how it makes my team look. So not about effectiveness. No. Well, not about the, getting it right. They would or argue or... that that is about effectiveness, but oh. but yeah, here you are rolling your yeah, eyes. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Show them how others will view their work, positively or negatively. Hey, Mark, when you do it like that, man, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good about what you're doing. It makes you look good. It makes things so much run so much easier around here. People start thinking they want to be on projects with Mark. That's exciting. That's great. Thank you so much for that. Whereas if I were giving feedback to a high D that was positive, hey, Mike, can I give you some feedback? When you produce work like that, here's what happens. It drives our team forward. It makes things easier. We free up resources to worry about other things. It gives us an ability to get more stuff done this quarter, and we're going to produce better results. So, for example, um, you're going to give them feedback about a particular thing they did caused the project to be late. The fact that the project was late and, and had cost overruns and affected the bottom line of the yeah. corporation – that's not important. The fact that well, people it thought is, it is important. Thought, don't poor, but the most important thing is that, that people thought poorly about them or their influence. Yeah. Let me put it is, this way. It is it is important if it negatively affects the company. But it doesn't matter what's important. What matters is what changes their behavior. Right. Okay? If you tell me right now we're in the middle of a podcast. This is important time for us, right? If if my kids call 
and there's something wrong with one of my kids, I'm leaving. I mean, if something affects my kids, I'm all, I'm, I'm totally focused on my kids. It doesn't mean the podcast is not important. It just means at that time that what really gets to me is my kids. By the same token, if you want to, if you want to change my behavior, talk to me about my kids and how what I'm doing is not helping my kids. By the same token, with a high eye, the, the, the impact on the corporation is kind of removed from me. The corporation is sort of an entity. It's not a person. Um, if you tell me how it makes me look bad, and I don't mean to be selfish. High eyes are not necessarily selfish. Um, if you want me to change my behavior, talk in a language that makes sense to me. Simple as that. Um, um, so you talk about how their work affects them and describe the impact on them rather than on the results that maybe you asked them to achieve. Um, you need to be quick about it. You don't want to sit them down and have a half hour discussion if it's going to be negative feedback. You want to say, hey, you know what, Mark? You're one of my best guys. I really appreciate you. And when you do this, here's what happens. It's not so great. A lot of smiling. And remember, this is one of the positives of feedback is breathing, where I'm not suggesting that feedback is an atomic weapon. It, it happens all the time. It's a, it's a bug bite compared to a, to a nuclear blast, right? And so it's okay to say, hey, you know what? You're one of my best guys. Don't worry about this. And when you do this, here are the bad things that happen. Can I count on you to do that differently? And what might you do differently next time? And if they laugh and go, oh, gosh, I'm really sorry I did that. So, okay, I'm glad you're sorry. I'm not worried about it. And what are you going to do differently? And as soon as they give you something that sounds reasonable, say, yeah, you're right, on the right track. I knew I could count on you, hmm. right? A little bit of stroking, big positive. The D doesn't need to be stroked. The D just needs to know that his new plan is going to work. Yep, you got it. Okay, thanks, boss. Bye. Um, and they might get a little defensive. Oh, my gosh, if I let you down. Oh, I feel terrible. Oh, you mean the th you think they think that about me? Oh, God, I got to call her. Hold on. I need to make a phone call real quick. I've, I got to tell you, high eyes, absolutely comfortable pulling out a cell phone and making a call right in front right, of right you. Right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I admit yesterday in a meeting, I did that very thing in front of a client. A client was giving me a hard time about something. I said, I'm going to call somebody right now. I picked the phone, called him, got the guy on the phone and handed the phone to my client. <laughs> you need to talk to this guy. And then I realized afterwards, ooh, that was a mistake. So not that good. What about coaching? Okay. Feedback sort of leads us into coaching, right? Um, you know, you look at the coaching model. There's six, seven steps around that circle, right? I wouldn't give them all seven steps all at once. <laughs> One step at a time, okay? Hey, look, I want to work with you on this. Let's talk about it. Let's agree we're going to move in the right direction. How do you they want it to think about that for a while? We'll talk about it later. And you might have two or three brief, two or three minute conversations within the course of the day that leads them to where you need them to go rather than sitting them down and saying, I'd like to give you an eight week project plan for what you're going to do. I mean, if you say eight week project plan to a high eye, they're going to be like, yeah, okay, great. Now, I'm overstating that a little bit. I'm a high eye. I've had project plans that last 60 to 80 weeks. I've worked on something that lasts for years. I've developed systems that are still in place at major corporations, billion-dollar companies. They're still training people based on a robust system that I built over the course of like nine months. It's been rolled out to thousands of people. I loved it, and we've tweaked it along the way as well. Um, so it's absolutely capable. But when you talk about those kind of things, those aren't things that interest as much as the impact it'll have right, on other right. people in the organization. Um, generally, give them smaller goals. And you definitely, as we mentioned before, in terms of deadlines, you want to be checking on them quite frequently. Um, and when it comes to resources for coaching, mentors. Other people. Tutors. Yeah, yeah. Versus individual study. Or, hey, go on the web and, and see what you can find. Um, you know, if you're going to recommend a book, recommend a book and talk about how the author is really well known. Those are subtleties, but they'll work. Hmm. Okay. Um, how, about, um, how about reporting? Okay. Um, so... Um, if I report to you and you're a high I, what I'm going to be doing, if I report to you, I'm going to show you how what I do makes you look good. I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention to what it is is important to you, and I'm going to show you the value of what I do in terms of you. Not in terms of my career. You're the high I now. So I'm going to say, hey, listen, I worked on this project, and I think that'll help you with this guy over here. I think it'll help you with your boss. I th think it'll help you with that project team. Uh, not so much in terms of budget issues or results, but more in terms of relationships. Okay, You definitely want to know who your boss's friends are if he or she is a high I. Um, you don't want to write a long email at the end of the day or even at the beginning of the day. If an email has a scroll bar that's active on the right-hand side, 
bad sign. The eye will never read it. Mm. And eyes are the kind of people who say, you guys keep talking about an attachment in the meeting. Is that the little blue thing that says W on or the little orange thing that kind of looks like a PowerPoint? I never have understood that. Is that, what are those things? <laughs> uh, I'm being a little facetious. Eyes will not read attachments. And if it's an Excel spreadsheet, then they won't read it. They, they'll break out in hives if it actually gets opened in front of them. Okay. Again, I'm overstating that a little bit. But they'll pick up a phone. Oh, absolutely. They'll pick up a phone. And, and <laughs> um, so, so you need to brief them verbally and then follow up with a note to tell them what you told them. You know, just a two or three sentence or a four or five sentence, two paragraphs um, email. Not long. You know, if you open up the email, oh, by the way, if you address an email to a high eye, start with their name and end with yours. If you want to look at emails and you want to get a sense of who's the eyes, they're the ones that have the smiley faces in their emails. And I know that's oh, your kind. Of, I know that's that. your kind. Of, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's who they, I'm sure a high eye invented emoticons. Absolutely, they did. Um, and and if you can, if you have a high eye as a boss, anything you can take off his or her desk that's routine, that's boring, that's administrative. Hey, listen, you don't need to be doing that. You need to be creating relationships so that we can leverage some of this work we're doing. Why don't you let me do that? I'll take care of the reporting for you. I'll take care of that project plan for you. Not, not that I necessarily want to as a high eye, but if he's a high eye and I can take that routine, administrative, boring sort of stuff off of his desk to let him focus on stuff that he's good at, better at than me, um, then I'm definitely going to do that. That's a real... Po- if you're a high C or a high S and you could be supportive or detail conscious and supportive of a high eye to make him or her look better, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Excellent. We ran a little bit long, but this is this is good stuff. I, you know why we ran long? Because I'm a high eye talking about other high eyes. Classic, right? Because I'm willing to go off on tangents. And we go back. When we go to C, we'll probably be like a 15-minute podcast or something. Yeah. Why would we want to talk about C? We don't want to embarrass any Cs. They don't want to be talked about. <laughs> they don't. Hey, don't talk about me. Let's talk about my work. Oh, we'll spend plenty of time on Cs. Because you know what? It takes all kinds. No, we ought to do. We ought to do on the discussion forums. We ought to have. We ought to put up some little avatars or whatever that people in all big D on their chest or big C, big S. Ah, that would like be a signature. High little D, signature, high yeah. S, high C. Yeah, yeah. And, and sooner or later, we're going to roll out a disc uh, product on the website so people can not only take the product for themselves but also allow their team to take it and, and they can work with their teams, even though. We won't be able to facilitate it. We can provide all the podcasts and resources so they can facilitate it themselves. Yeah. It's all about so. communicating more effectively. And Horseman's first law is it's all about people. And Horseman's second law is more communication is better. And if I'm a high D and I'm talking in a language that makes sense to me and I'm talking to an S, my message is not completely getting through. And if it's communication is important, I've got to figure out a way when I'm in France to talk the way the French do. If I'm in France and I want to get to the Eiffel Tower and I say in the English to somebody, I'm sorry, can you tell me how to get to the Eiffel Tower? And he, and he looks back and he says in French, I'm sorry, I don't speak English. And you look at him and you talk slower and louder. I'm sorry, can you take me to the Eiffel Tower? That's, that works really, yeah, really well. Exactly. I just got back from Italy. That's great. That's where the just phrase ugly, ugly American comes from, right? You, when you're in France, you speak French. When you're with an S, you speak in high S. When you're with a high I, like we talked about today, you speak high I. Cool, man. Thanks. You bet. All righty. Thank you once again for joining us today. And thanks for taking the time to register on our website. Hopefully, you're already taking advantage of the discussion forums at Manager Tools, www.manager-tools.com slash forums. However, if not, I'd encourage you to visit and join in on some of the great discussions there. As always, feel free to write us at show at manager-tools.com if you have any feedback or suggestions. So that's it. Thanks again. And we'll talk again soon. So long.